You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to episode number 19, where we're going to be talking about scarcity. (laughs) And I want to tell you a story. This is kind of what brought this up for me. This past weekend here in Oklahoma, I know that uh, many of you probably watched on the news or maybe you experienced this yourself. Um, it has been like winter weather from Canada or something. <laughs> and us Okies are not used to this. Like I don't, you know, I don't see a snowplow regularly like some of you guys do. Like whenever we get snow, everything just shuts down. And so we just aren't equipped to deal with all of this because it's just so infrequent here. So this weekend I was on call and, um, you know, the weather brought dangerously cold temperatures, which are still occurring and really heavy snow all, all throughout the state. And it also brought out a lot of what I was seeing is scarcity mindset, not only to myself, but to many other um, of my fellow Oklahomans that are here. And maybe even to some of you, if you live somewhere else that had some of the same winter storm. Um, and so I got to thinking about this and like how it can contribute to burnout. And I wanted to go into this because I thought this was really interesting, okay? So the term scarcity or scarcity mindset comes from that book, if you've ever read it, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, written by Stephen Covey. He coined this term of scarcity mindset. And this refers to what he says is um, people seeing life as a finite pie. So that if one person takes a really big piece, then that leaves a lot less for the rest of us. And that's a problem for us. <laughs> so it's kind of this line of thinking that there is not enough of something and that that is a problem for us. So how this kind of showed up for me this past weekend, whenever I was on call, is that I typically bring all of my food with me for the weekend whenever I'm on call. So Like I don't have to worry about getting out or like if I'm up at the hospital late, I don't have to worry about the store being closed. Also, it helps kind of, you know, cut down on the the grazing in the doctor's lounge or ordering takeout. You know, it helps me eat healthier and helps me eat what I plan to, to eat. And so it helps my brain because I don't have to plan that stuff out whenever I'm really tired. So I plan it out, I pack all my food and I bring it with me. And so especially with the bad weather coming, I knew that I wouldn't want to get out much. So, but I I brought all my food, I put it in the refrigerator. And what I found (laughs) was that my own brain kept suggesting that I go to the store to buy more food. (laughs) Even though I had already packed, uh, packed plenty, I had extra even because I thought, well, I might get stuck an extra day. Um, So I better, I had some extra. But I kept having the thought that I might run out of food. And I kept hearing, you know, from people on social media or friends and family. Oh, yeah, I went to the store and the shelves were just wiped clean. And so, of course, my brain kept telling me, well, if you run out of food, there won't be any left at the store. (laughs) And so... I don't know if this is how it is uh, wherever you guys live, but whenever there's a big event like this, a storm or whatever, us Oklahomans, we go to the store and we get three things. <laughs> we get bread, we get milk, and we get eggs. And so for whatever reason, you're a good Oklahoman if you go stock up on these things, which is fine. Like that's how we're raised. We're raised to like have the essentials, right? But what happens in this, you know, time of, of 
you know, an impending natural disaster, we all get in this kind of scarcity mindset and we see other people buying all this food too. And it definitely does something to the psychology in our brains, right? So we feel like even though we have enough food, maybe even extra, maybe we need a little bit more, (laughs) right? Oh, there might not be any bread left. I better get a loaf now, right? And so it's just so interesting because I found myself I, you know, going back to the fridge to look inside, right? I get, I was like a, an acorn gathering squirrel or something <laughs> and then going and looking at my acorns in the fridge, right? And so my brain was definitely kind of in this worst case scenario mode because of all this, you know, the weather and the, um, you know, the weathermen were all predicting how much, you know, snow and sub-zero temps and telling us how many minutes until you get frostbite, you know, so my primitive brain was definitely on high alert and very worried about this. And so that definitely triggered a lot of scarcity thoughts for me. And so I just thought, oh my gosh, this is so interesting just to like watch my brain do this. And also then I began thinking, okay, where else does this show up in life? And it can show up anywhere, really. And it doesn't have to be just related to a natural disaster or a pandemic or something like that, right? You remember whenever everybody bought the the TP at the beginning of COVID, right? You couldn't find TP for like two months. (laughs) Yeah, that's scarcity. So it also shows up in all these other ways, okay? And so I want you to, to listen and think about whether it shows up in any of these ways for you, okay? And so it can show up like thinking that maybe you should make more money because you don't feel financially comfortable yet. Or maybe that you shouldn't spend any money. I know some people are super frugal because they don't feel financially comfortable, right? They have a lot of scarcity around money. There's not enough and that's a problem. I have seen, um, you know, you, you read about like these billionaires that are actually very frugal and it's probably because they have a lot of scarcity uh, thoughts about money even though they have what most of us would consider plenty, like they don't, they don't feel comfortable, right? It can also show up with food for a lot of us. Um, So this looks like maybe I should just eat my kids french fries here on this plate so they don't go to waste, you know, at the end of dinner, right? (laughs) Or some people I know have a really hard time throwing food away in general, You know, a lot of us were raised by our parents or grandparents who didn't have, didn't have a lot of food, you know? And so, you know, during times of like the depression or certain wars, you know, that definitely, you know, was passed down to us some of those thoughts about, well, you need to clean your plate because, you know, we don't always have food, you know? Um, Even though growing up in America, a lot of us these days have more than enough food, um, you know, we may have been raised uh, to, to think, well, you finish your plate in this family, right? <laughs> or you're part of the happy plate club. You got to finish your plate so you can be, you can be good and you can make not only your parents happy, but the, the plate itself happy. <laughs> so it was considered a good thing not to waste any food, right? And so a lot of my clients that struggle with their weight also have some food scarcity thoughts. Um, another way scarcity can show up is thinking, you know, this kind of scarcity thinking around patience and productivity and RVUs and like, you know, our our thoughts about work. And this can really definitely add to, to our burnout. Because think about it, 
if you have, you know, a thought that, oh my gosh, I have this patient and she transferred to my partner and now what am I going to do? I need to go get more patients because this one patient transferred to my partner and I'm not going to have any more patients and I don't have enough. You know, that's scarcity thinking. If you, if you kind of go down that line of thinking whenever someone transfers away from you, okay? Thinking that you need to take on more patients or extend the number of visits per day or overbook yourself, like double book yourself or add on patients because you don't have enough or because you need to make more money to be more productive or you need to make more RVUs, you know, or because your partners are seeing more patients than you, right? So you can kind of see that scarcity often has a lot of comparison involved. Okay, we kind of compare and despair. Um, we kind of, you know, can can feel lacking compared to others. We can get jealous maybe um, and, and have all these thoughts about this. So you can kind of see how this, this line of thinking could definitely quickly add to um, your burnout because you just keep overextending yourself to try and be good enough or, you know, in the eyes of admin or in the eyes of your partner or your group or, you know, just having, you know, the most RVUs, that kind of thing. And, and what it does is it makes us work ourselves into burnout. Okay. (laughs) So I really want you to, to think about whether you do any of that. The other way that this can show up in that kind of same line of, uh, or that same area with this line of thinking is that like thinking that because your partner made more RVUs last month, that there are less RVUs for you. Um, you know, I don't know if your, if your group has like monthly financials that you guys get to see, um, where you actually have a table of like, basically like how much money each provider made, um, I can definitely see my own brain going into that kind of scarcity mindset every time I look at that. So I've actually kind of just, I look at my number and I don't look at anybody else's now if they give me other people's uh, numbers. So because I can definitely, my brain definitely gets into that like, you know, mode of I need to do better, right? Because I don't have enough. And so this could also show up in other places, like at home, like it can show up in our relationships. Um, Maybe you have, you know, your best friend goes out to have coffee with another friend and you have kind of this line of thinking of like, well, she doesn't have enough time for me or she doesn't have enough love for me, Um, that kind of thing. Or even like with your partner, your spouse, uh, maybe, you know, it shows up like your husband's texting back and forth one of his buddies and he's got less time for you, Right which is totally not true, right? But our brains go there. <laughs> so some people kind of kind of get into this around relationships where, you know, there's not enough love. If, if the person I'm in a relationship with gives love to someone else, there won't be enough for me, okay? This can show up with time. I see this a lot with physicians. Um, there's a ton of time scarcity. We are in a culture of all of us are busy, and none of us ever have enough time and, you know, that kind of that kind of line of thinking. But what I would challenge you to think about is what is busy, right? If today was busy and yet the, you know, the day before was busy and the day before that was busy, how do you determine which day is busy? <laughs> Are they all busy, right? If they're all busy, then maybe they're not really busy. Okay, so that is it's busy is like a mental construct, y'all. And you have enough time. (laughs) 
I know a lot of you are probably like totally not on board with that line of thinking yet, but hey, we'll get you there. Um, but you have enough time for the things that you want to do, I promise. All right. So um, time scarcity, I see it was sleep as well in some of my clients, you know, this, this idea of like, I don't have enough sleep or I won't get enough sleep. If I'm on call, I'm scared because I won't get sleep. And, uh, you know, that is something you kind of have to work through. I had to work through that whenever I was, uh, you know, dealing with my burnout. And so I actually kept a sleep log. I think I've got, I may have told you guys this before. Um, and turns out I was getting more sleep than I thought. <laughs> so I would check like how many hours a night I would get. And then like if I woke up feeling, you know, sleepy, groggy, you know, tired, kind of on a scale of like one to 10, you know, how, how terrible did I feel? Most mornings I woke up feeling pretty good. And um, I actually got more sleep than what I thought. You know, I was I thought I was averaging a lot less. Um, but anyway, um, but that it caused me to have a lot of sleep scarcity. And I would basically just dread call because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get any sleep. Well, it was because of the thoughts I was having about all that. So um, scarcity can also show up at home as clutter. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about like kid clutter, like that's you know, that is what it is. <laughs> but clutter, like in your house, like, well, I, you know, need, you know, 15 of these mixing spoons versus just a couple, right? Um, or you see something at the store and you're like, well, I need an extra one of these because I like it so much, you know? A lot of advertising and um, sales and marketing is actually highly based in scarcity. Um, and that's a great way for you to start looking for um, how scarcity shows up in our lives because you can totally see it in um, in all the marketing all around you, like limited time deal or, um, you know, you can have this, you know, this type of soup, but limit two, you know, <laughs> you know, so anytime a marketing uh, tactic is like placing a deadline or trying to make you feel like there's not enough time or not enough, you know, whatever, you don't have enough, that's scarcity and that's showing up and it's a great marketing technique. And so um, anyway, so that's how we end up with, with clutter in our house though, because we, um, we, uh, the marketing works on us and we buy two of everything. And then, uh, but also just like thinking you need one for later. You know, having that thought of, oh, I need to have a backup or, you know, I need 10 sets of sheets, sets of sheets. <laughs> Try and say that five times fast. 10 sets of sheets, um, just in case, you know, like nobody really needs that many sets of sheets. So something that, um, you know, that that is definitely very American to have lots of. Um, can actually be a sign of the scarcity uh, mentality or mindset. And, um, you know, a lot of it, I think, it just comes from, you know, it comes from our, our upbringing. And, you know, if you think about it, like our parents and grandparents were in times where they didn't have all the things that we have now. And so they wanted better for us. They taught us to strive to have more, to get more, to achieve more. And I think that's so wonderful and beautiful. But it can also kind of show up in some of these areas like this, you know, we always need to finish our food, right? Because you don't know when you might, you might eat again. <laughs> like we aren't, most of us aren't in that situation anymore. Um, we can just go to the store anytime we're out of food, right? But 
that kind of line of thinking may, may have been passed down even from generations ago. So you can kind of see though um, that scarcity mentality doesn't create a lot of positive emotions. <laughs> it creates a lot of feeling of like being in that inadequate or not enough. It can show up like sadness or jealousy or comparison. And it can definitely lead to you taking a lot of actions that lead to more burnout, right? If you if you don't feel financially comfortable and you feel like you need to work more to earn more money so you can feel financially comfortable, then you're just going to keep working more and more. Because if you feel unstable financially, of course you're going to, you know, you're going to like want to do more, right? But in doing more and taking on more patience and taking more call or more shifts or whatever, you're going to burn yourself out. Okay. So I think this is a super important area to really look at if you find yourself doing that. And as a side note, and maybe I should do a podcast on this, physicians are often very uncomfortable with money. Um, I think that we, you know, we have a lot of debt and loans and, you know, we don't start our like financial earning lives until we are, you know, much older than most of our, you know, our counterparts that we graduated college with, you know, they've already been out in the workforce for several years by the time that we finally start working. Um, And so there's a lot of things also that we aren't taught about money. And so I would really, you know, encourage you to, you know, find an accountant or find someone that, you know, knows money and just like take the bull bull by the horns and, you know, face it. Okay. How much debt do I have? How much do we have in savings? How much do we have in our account? How much am I bringing in? You know, like really understand the money can help decrease a lot of the scarcity. Okay. So, but a lot of us want to really avoid all of that because we, we have a lot of scarcity about it, right? If I don't look at it, maybe it's not bad. I um I only mention all of this because uh whenever I was in med school and residency, my husband um who bless him, he he was the working person and he was a teacher and a coach in Oklahoma that is not a high paying job at all. And so he kept us afloat and and we honestly probably lived paycheck to paycheck for quite a while. Um and I was so nervous and anxious about that. I just didn't like I wanted to like be like an ostrich and stick my head in the sand uh, whenever it came to money. And only recently have I even been able to talk about money with him. And so (laughs) this is why I encourage all of you. Okay, so I digress. I want you guys to, you know, you know, take control of your money, though. If you um, are avoiding it, it, there's probably a reason you probably have a lot of thoughts about how you don't have enough. Um, And so you know, obviously, if you're like, I don't have enough, I don't want to pay attention to that, you know, then you're not going to earn more money or save more money. Okay. So anyway, so coming to that point, I want you to think about all these things we just talked about. And think about it, like with food, money, patience, RVUs, love, time, things around your house. What is enough of any of these things? Right? What if, I want you to question yourself, what if you already have enough? So many times I ask my clients, how many patients per day is enough and why? And they don't really know. They really have to think about this. They have to process this. Or how much money in your bank account is enough? 
okay? What number would you feel good at and let yourself rest and not have to work your butt off, okay? Once you get to what number are you going to let yourself do that? Because what I would guess is once you get to that number, if you did, that you wouldn't actually rest, right? It's going back to those billionaires that are really frugal, right? They have a lot of money scarcity. They're just like saving it all. They're not like spending any of it. They're, you know, they're, they're like, you know, super anxious about it. And that's how they accrue all this money. That's not all the billionaires, but I know I've read about, you know, some of those that do that. And it's, it's from scarcity, right? So what number or amount is enough of any of these things, right? How many kitchen spoons do you need to feel good about having these kitchen spoons, okay? That might be an easy place to start for you, right? Looking in your utensil drawer and deciding how many whisks you actually need. (laughs) How many is enough? That's an easy place to start for many of my people. So kind of going back to this weekend, I looked at my fridge multiple times, multiple times in in my call room. And I counted my little Tupperware containers. <laughs> I counted out, calculated, okay, I've got three meals, three meals, you know, all the meals I would need. And once I just decided that there was plenty, I decided, oh, yes, this is enough, okay? After I decided that, that totally calmed down my brain's suggestions, right? By just deciding, this is enough. I feel good, okay? And so <laughs> here's the thing is that... The, You can decide to do this with any of these things, food, love, money. Deciding that there's always enough is a choice, okay? And so, you know, you can just decide that there is enough, you know, there are enough patients out there in the world, okay? So things to remember is that someone else having does not mean that you are lacking, okay? So decide what's enough and why. Stick to that. Don't chase these things from a place of lack. There are some other ways too that can kind of help you create a more abundant mindset, okay? So versus a scarcity mindset, we want to be in a place of abundance, okay? So the first of these is practicing gratitude. And that can be like with a gratitude journal is most most common and most easy to do, writing down three tiny things that you're grateful for each day. If you can't find things to be grateful for, because sometimes it's hard. At first you're like, okay, yeah, I can only write my kids and my husband and my house, you know, so many times, right? So if that's hard for you, then find things to be appreciative of, right? You can appreciate a good ink pen, right? You can appreciate clean, dry socks. (laughs) You can appreciate a space heater or... You know, those aren't things I'm, I guess maybe I am grateful for a space heater right now, but like they're not things you're typically like, oh, I'm so grateful for that. No, you, but you can appreciate them, right? And so even just appreciating, appreciating the little things in life opens your mind to this abundance mindset. And you can, you know, appreciate things that you, that are around you, that you see out in the environment or things you already have. Okay. The next thing is, is that knowing that someone else's success does not take away from your success, okay? Supporting everyone around you and celebrating their wins helps create a more abundant mindset, right? Someone else making money has nothing to do with your ability to make money, okay? Knowing that, you know, someone else's piece of the pie does not take away from your pie, okay? 
They've got their pie, you've got your pie. (laughs) They don't take from your pie by earning money, okay? You have your pie always, okay? That pie is always available to you. Looking for the opportunity to expand or learn or grow when things aren't going as planned is another way, okay? So when things are, you know, you get your financials and you're like, man, last month was really slow for me as far as my productivity or how many patients I saw or whatever. If you start like listing all the bad things, you're not going to be in an abundant mindset. So find the win, right? Like, yeah, last month I took a vacation. That was a great time. Um, Of course, my numbers are going to be a little bit lower, right? Or yeah, last month was a little bit slower, but it usually is slower in January that's okay. The weather was bad. People didn't want to get out of the house. This month, we're probably going to do a lot better, right? So find the win, find the good, find the opportunity to expand or learn or grow, okay? The next way to create a more abundant mindset is cut back on social media. <laughs> um, social media is is something else I probably should do a, a podcast on. Um, this often leads to a lot of comparison and uh, FOMO, <laughs> right? Uh, we compare ourselves to others and and often in a detrimental way. Not like a, oh, look, her socks are so pretty. Well, mine are too. Like, it's not like that. Social media it, like shows you everybody else's life and how great it is. It just makes you think about, you know, why is my life not that great? I'm lacking a great life compared to theirs, right? When really it's just the highlight reel of their life. They're not showing you all the the, you know, toddler tantrums or the, you know, the new puppy that they have that's super cute. They're showing you it chewing up the couch and peeing on the floor, right? So (laughs) we forget that social media only shows us the best of things. And so then we begin to question our own selves, our own lives, and really compare and despair over, you know, maybe my life's not as great as theirs, right? So consider cutting back if you find yourself doing that, okay? Um, If you don't do those things, then great. That's fine. I'm happy for you. I'm glad. But if you find yourself getting in that mindset, consider cutting back, okay? Um, The next thing is just practicing abundant thoughts, right? So some of the abundant thoughts that I really like to practice are, you know, uh, different, depending on what we're thinking about, I guess. Um, Things like, there's plenty of food, even if I throw away these leftovers, I can always go buy more, right? I try to tell my kids this always, like they're always really worried about um, like if we have, like say my husband goes and gets donuts for them on the weekend. They're like, yeah, but are there any donuts left? (laughs) I'm like, there's always donuts in the world. We can always go buy more. (laughs) So, you know, we may eat these today and there will always be more right? Because that's how it is in America. There's always more food. We can always go to the store and find food, right? This weekend, I can always go to the store and find something to live on. I could definitely find some ramen, maybe some, you know, something that other people don't like. There's probably some kale definitely left at the store, whatever. There's an ice store. (laughs) Nobody ever gets the vegetables, especially the green leafy ones. So, you know, there's always something I can go do. There's always more of that, okay? Same thing with money. I know exactly how to make money. I know exactly what to do, right? And I know that if I need to, I can go make more money. I can figure it out. I know that if, you know, something happened to me 
and I wasn't able to do this job anymore or, you know, if something weird happened, like, I don't know, my hospital closed, you know, I would be able to go and add value to this, to the society and someone would pay me for it. You know, that's what a job is, right? You add value, someone pays you for that value. Okay. How I could go work at a, at Walmart and like start as a greeter or like a cart girl and like work my way up to manager in no time. Right. Like I know that I could go make money. Right. So there's always a way to, to be in that place of, I know how to make money. If I need more, I can make more. Okay. Um, and, and if you feel like you're like, no, that is simply not true, Miles. Okay. If you're like really arguing with me on that point, then, then go and talk with someone about your financials. Okay. If you're like, no, I can barely meet my loan payment, you know, and my house payment and my, you know, kids daycare payments, you know, if you really are in a place where you're like, no, there's not more money, then either number one, get creative, find the solution, figure out how to, how to grow. Right. Or number two, go talk with your, go talk with your accountant. Okay. Or financial advisor, do something and get creative about it. Okay. Because there's always a way and you can do hard things. You can figure this out. Right. The next uh, thought I like are, there are plenty of patients in the world that need help because there are. (laughs) I used to really freak out if someone uh, left my my practice to go to another practice but you know what that's fine like if I'm not a good fit then I hope they find a good fit or a better fit there are plenty more people that that need help that will come come and see me and that's fine you know that's that's how it is okay so if someone goes to your partner instead of you no big deal there's plenty of patients out there they're just you know they aren't in my office right now but they're coming you know so finding a way to think about, you know, the number of patients you have, the number of visits you do, that kind of thing. And then the last thing I, d- I like to think on purpose is I have plenty of time to accomplish the things I need to get done. <laughs> okay. If you think that that's not true, then I want you to challenge yourself to taking down a, like, keeping track, like a time journal for, you know, what you did 24 hours ago, Right. Because I would guess if you have a lot of those thoughts of I don't have enough time or there's never enough time, that kind of thing, you could probably find some time, you know, doing things that, you know, you need to get done versus the things that you did do often differs. (laughs) So if you found yourself, you know, bumming around on the couch and watching Netflix, then okay, well, I mean, there's time to do other things you need to get done. And on the need to get done list is always take care of yourself. Okay, so I'm not going to go off on a tangent anymore on that. But, but so often we close our minds to thinking creatively whenever we say, I don't have time. Okay, if, if you could challenge yourself, where could I find the time to get more stuff done? Okay, ask yourself better questions to all these things. How could I make more money? if I need to. Okay. What, what could I do if I run out of food? Well, yeah, you're going to go to the store, but like getting creative about these other things. Okay. If, if I'm not satisfied with how many patients I have, how can I increase that number? Okay. If I really do, you know, if I am just starting out on my practice, how could I build my practice? Okay. So being creative plus practicing abundant thoughts. Okay. Those are are definitely ways to kind of create that abundant mindset. So try some of these on, 
Let me know what you think. <laughs> and for goodness sakes, y'all, let's all agree we're not going to go crazy on the toilet paper again. Okay? <laughs> no more scarcity mindset. <laughs> all right, y'all. I'm going to see you next week. Thanks for letting me talk your ear off again. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on The Happy Gynecologist. If you have questions or comments, head on over to my website, coach-miles.com, or follow me on Instagram at coachmilesmd. I'd also love it if you left me a review on iTunes. See you next week.